Welcome to Carolina in Motion, the show about North Carolinians who are on the move to make things happen in their lives and their communities. Join us as we hear from people from all across the state as they share their stories and advice to inspire you and steer you towards success. And now here's your host, John Van. Paramedics, they help keep us safe. When things go bad, they're there. They are here to serve our citizens of North Carolina and the country in our greatest times of need. And we have a really good one on the show for you today to hear a bit about what being a paramedic is all about. But before we get into that, I want to give you a brief word about how you can get connected with the show and also about our sponsors. You can go to carolinainmotionpodcast.com. It's our official website. From there, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google+, etc. And also, you can find the link to get plugged into our show's online community on Facebook. We have the Carolina in Motion community. It's a group on Facebook where you can interact with me and guests of the show, help guide you and get you moving on whatever goal it is you are looking to achieve for yourself. So check out carolinainmotionpodcast.com and our Carolina in Motion community group on Facebook. And also, I have to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, the certified public accounting firm of Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford, LLP. If you're looking to get moving on a new business idea or have a current business that you want to grow to the next level, my firm can help guide you to where you want to be. For more information, check out cpasnc.com. That's Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford at cpasnc.com. Okay, now let's dive right in. Our guest on the show today is an outstanding paramedic. His name is Nate Stevens. Nate is a Christian husband, father, firefighter, paramedic, and a bit of a homesteader. He's just an all-around jack-of-all-trades. He was born and raised in western West Virginia, but moved to North Carolina in 2004, chasing who is now his wonderful bride, Hope. Lately, he's been balancing work, home, and several church projects. Nate, welcome to Carolina in Motion. What's up, bro? How you <laughs> hey, doing? thanks for being here, man. Glad to have you. So, how long have you been a paramedic, and what led you to be a paramedic? Well, uh, I have been a paramedic now for going on, uh, I think it's actually a little over two years. Um, been actually in, EM, in EMS as a EMT or uh, firefighter for about 10 years. Um, how I, what led me to get here, literally I was just sitting around bored. Had a job that um, was working night shift, had the days when everybody else was at work and I didn't have anything going on. I couldn't go home and just go to sleep, so I... Um, so I wanted something to do and put in an application with local uh, EMS and uh, firefighter station and um, just makes it really just something to do and just kind of fell in love with it and uh, jumped right in. So you just felt kind of a calling that it was something that you needed to go do? Yeah, once I got my feet wet in there, I was like, yeah, I was like, that was just kind of like, this is this is meant for me. Well, that's good. I'm glad you did it, man. That's, that's one of those things you just got to get started. That's what we talk about a lot on the show is just... If there's something you want to do, you got to get going with it, and uh, that's kind of what you did, and I'm glad you did. Right, right, yeah. I mean, yeah. The first step is just one. If you take that first step and get things moving, I mean, it's like that's yeah. So, what is it like being a paramedic? Kind of, kind of walk me through a typical day in your job. <laughs> there is no typical day in my uh -oh. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, just one of those jobs. I'm sure it's kind of you got to be flexible. There's, yeah, because I mean, there's some days that I come in and we, uh, yeah, we'll come in, we check off our truck, wash it, do some station duty. Some days we'll get to sit down and enjoy some breakfast and a cup of coffee. And um, then, uh, you know, who knows? We might get to sit around for hours and watch TV and, yeah, just hang out and chill. 
You're making then, it sound pretty luxurious right? here. For real. <laughs> I'm thinking of being a paramedic. But then you get the other days um, yeah. where you come in and from the moment I mean, you walk in the door and the crew is already in the truck getting ready to pull out because they because you're not there and the call had just come out and they're getting ready to leave and so then you got to hurry up and do this quick swap and you don't really not really sure you're hoping that they that the truck's all right and everything's good to go and so you get to you know you rush to the call and you might hit call after call after call all day. Um, you know, we work 24-hour shifts. It's not uncommon for a, a crew to run anywhere from eight to 20 calls in a in a 24-hour shift. Well, that's got to be that's got to be pretty grueling doing that it's, many calls. It very much so can be. Um, like I said it's like I, said, I mean I love it. It's like six. It can be really laid back and and fun. Um, but it can also be very that very use a good word very grueling at times and um, very stressful, very tiring. So it's uh you got you get a little bit of both. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's uh. What what is your what would you say is your favorite part about being a paramedic? Favorite part of the whole thing? Oh, that's kind of hard to say. Um, my wife says that I'm just an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's pretty much what, what my You're, wife is up to. <laughs> she thinks you're just out there having fun, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's the adrenaline that uh that that, that got that sucked me into it. The uh, the, the the need to jump and go and do it and just get it done and um you know that's kind of what you know a lot of what we do like see, you know we have a lot of training a lot of things that we have to learn initially but once you get the stuff in you once you learn it a lot of it does become kind of uh um you know those gut instincts those reactions you just kind of move with it and um go but like i said you have to have that foundation of course of education first before you can get to that point to have to have that that gut reaction and be able to just move and do things Kind of you're saying kind of like muscle memory where you you just get used to it and sort of react kind of yeah of course there's certain parts of the call where you've got to slow down you've got to uh, start thinking really carefully about you know each move and um, especially certain medications because there's some medications that can um, you know kill somebody it was just you know a slight miscalculation so of course that's the kind of stuff you've got to slow down and make sure you get it right mm-hmm. Because there are literally lives in your hands. So, like last night, for example, we had a call where um, it was a girl uh, had a very high heart rate, pushing around 200, and just wouldn't stop. Um, she had nothing else going on, nothing, no other medical problems, and we had to give her a medication that basically stops the heart. Um, although there are there are some other conditions and uh, cardiac. Uh, EKG rhythms and stuff that if you give that medication with can actually stop the heart and not start back or send them into a, a bad dysrhythmia. And um, so, you like I said, so we have to take the time to you know slow down, make that assessment, check and make sure you get everything right because you don't want to give that medication that could save her life and end up being what ends her life, just like yeah. that. Fine line. So, yeah. How how do you how do you keep it balanced? How do you you know slow it down to tune in to when all the stuff's going on? How do you stay focused and be able to make those right decisions? Uh, I think that's a lot. I mean, it kind of varies from person to person. Um, but a big thing is just you know the education, knowing what you're you know knowing your stuff before you get there. Um, you know, like I said, you've got to do you know do the con ed. You got to pay attention. You got to do the reading and um, to learn the basics, you got to learn the, not just what to do, but why to do it. And once you get that kind of stuff down, like I said, it makes you think. I mean, like I said, you stop, you can go through and think about that stuff, and it helps to kind of, like I said, to program your mind how to think. Like I said, it's just kind of, like I say, it becomes more instinctual, even though you actually, it's a, it's a process that your mind just goes through. Right. 
So it's kind of just second nature to you at that point. Uh, kind of, kind of. You've got to have that base, that base education, but it does, like I said, once you get that stuff in you, once you take the time to learn it and properly, and it become it does become an instinctual thing. Another thing that, and I think this will probably feed in with the the, the training as well. I think is just preparation, being prepared. I mean, you know, I was a, a I'm an Eagle Scout, I was a Boy Scout, and that was our motto: be prepared. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I think anyway that being prepared is probably a huge part profession as well. Um, mm-hmm. just making sure that, that you have everything. What, what can you speak about preparations and the importance of it? Okay. Well, the biggest thing for us is, you know, they drive in us that, you know, when you come into your shift, you check off your truck and, uh, you know, cause you've got to, you know, cause I mean, I've had times where we've come in, like I spoke earlier about coming in and have to jump right on the truck, rush out for that first call, uh, have to rush, you know, jump up and rush out without being able to check your truck off. And, um, that, uh, and I've gotten on scenes and realized, oh, no, that's missing. And um, the uh, where the crew had used something on a call uh, before and didn't get a chance to restock it. And so, you know, then we get there and don't realize it's missing. And, um, you know, and so, of course, you have to improvise at that point and figure something out. And most of our things, you know, we have redundancies and carry extra of things just for such you know, occasions. But, um, like I said, but the biggest thing is just to come in and be prepared, make sure you're, everything is right and ready. And uh, not just for you, but in case, you know, if you get too busy uh, to, you know, to replace what you've used, that if you've, uh, if you know, if you made sure everything was there and ready, then it should have extra for that next crew that might have, that might end up on the receiving end of that. Then we've also got, um, from another aspect of that would be like, uh, you know, of course, our education. You know, we do a lot of con ed. We have to do 120 hours a year uh, to, right. uh, to, keep for, to research every year. Well, do you have a, an example of maybe a time where you did something where you were prepared, like you you, you kind of took the time to do something and it came back, it was like, wow, I'm glad I did that because I ended up needing that <laughs> for this job, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've had, I'm trying to think of what, uh, a good example. I mean, of course, there have been times where um, we've come in, and it seems like very, very common for us to come in and something be missing off the truck. And, you know, where the crew, previous crew, they may have missed something or forgot to restock something or used it and didn't get a chance to restock it. And then we go check off our truck, and, um, and you know, we'll find it. And, and, you know, and, like, it'll stir up a conversation about using that item. And, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're on a call needing it. And it's like, you know, we, we just had this conversation. We got to sit down in a nice, calm situation. And talk this over and you know brought this up sometimes we, we we accuse it of being jinxed and talking up the situations and uh so we we you know it's like we we try question to talk we, about it <laughs> yeah, we, try, we question whether we want to have these conversations or not but you know of course we get into them and uh so quite often though it is kind of it's really funny because you know we'll go through and we might go out of our way to to take care of something or get something set up or maybe to retrain just kind of refresh ourselves and put our hands on something piece of equipment we hadn't used in a while and seems like and all the time when we do that all, next thing you know all of a sudden we need it and that training uh comes out and it's like you know it's like wow i'm glad that we took the time to do that that we you know that we took time to get that correct that make that right or to you know to rehash this and re-educate ourselves and um, that comes up quite a bit your preparation in your job i mean how does that flow over into your life as well like do you use a lot of the the things that you learn on your job in oh. in your everyday life as far as preparedness one thing i do come across quite a bit that i like is that you know I, i'm i 
I'm a jack of all trades. You know, I do a, a lot of things. I, I get into fiddling with things and ho the homesteading. I get into a lot of projects and learning different things, you know, like the hydroponics, uh, raising animals, different stuff. Like, and I'm all the time getting on scenes and, um, you know, uh, it just being something weird, something that uh, that is outside of the normal training. And so we have to improvise and figure things out. And when I get in those situations, there is quite often it's things that I've learned outside of the, I mean, things like carpentry work and plumbing and um, just basic mechanics and things that I've I use from time to time to improvise and make things work there. And, um, you know, and like I said, you know, it's kind of funny because sometimes I'll get my partner on the truck might, you know, bring it up and be like, where'd you learn to do that? Or what, you know, or how do you even think of something like that? Or that's just weird. Uh, or only you, Nate, <laughs> you know, Start something like MacGyver that. Over there yeah. And Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, I think that all of us, like we have a certain areas where we, where we excel and you know, little things just from our life experiences that where we do something different or something special, um, you know, something unique that, that, uh, the others see it as weird or different, but it's just because of our unique perspective due to things in our lives that affected the way we think, the way we see it, uh, the experiences that we've had. And, uh, and it, you know, like I said, it comes out and it, it helps us out to do our jobs better. Yeah, and just, you know, I, I went hiking with you one time. I mean, you know, maybe that was a mistake because, you know, running down a mountain, not the best thing, but with no oxygen in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, on that trip, you you showed up with this book bag just full of all kinds of stuff like tourniquet, you know, forceps, uh, <laughs> uh, um, you know, it just you're being a paramedic, you 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 just pick up more stuff, more knowledge, and and more of that mindset of preparedness um, to where you're prepared for any situation like that. Sometimes um, excessively, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, it's good, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's, What's it's, an extra twenty pounds on your back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you carried it. I didn't carry it. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> I, did I, I complain? Yeah, I, you know, I show up with the food. Yeah. And you, you show up with the other stuff. But I mean, well, that's a perfect example. Of what I was just talking about. Though. I mean, like you know that where we came from different perspectives, but together, you know, we 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 it worked out really well. I mean, I think we uh we had about everything we needed and what we didn't have. I think our personalities helped to find us for us and uh you know between the friends that we made and like i said yeah everything worked out really well i thought it was a really good trip yeah another question for you back to the um whole paramedics we got a little off track there but um <laughs> yeah. you know paramedics law enforcement firefighters you guys kind of all got to work together kind of explain a little bit how that works where you the all the branches what, what do you kind of do to cooperate and make things work yeah well we you know we work together a lot um we of course we're each separate. We do our own things. Um, we also, uh, you know, like I said we have our own tra uh, training. We have our uh, separate objectives. Yeah, just like in any field, you have different uh, branches, different um, different departments that, you know, they each have their have their own goals and uh, have a collect a collective goal, but they have and then individual goals as well. And it's basically the same thing for us, where you know we show up on scene, and as a paramedic, you know we focus on the patient, the the well-being of that patient, uh, taking care of them. Um, sometimes we, you know, a lot of times we get on a scene where it may be a fire priority or a law enforcement priority, then we we just try to hang back and be more observant for a safety standpoint, and to help to make sure maintain the safety and uh, make sure everybody stays safe, and and then be, you know, and then be that emergency care when when if the time comes. And like I said, we get a, a an accident, you know, like a, where someone's trapped in a vehicle, 
the fire department is actually in charge of getting the person out of the vehicle. But while they are doing their job, you know, we, we're in charge of making sure that patient is safe and taken care of and getting the proper medical care while that's while that is going on around us. And then law enforcement's there, you know, their job is making sure the scene is safe and secure from especially from outside forces. And so, um, you know, they're they're managing traffic, uh, managing crowds or other, you know, uh, people who may be coming around, you know, sometimes innocently and sometimes uh, maliciously, you know, um, from different, you know, at different times, different things. But you, uh, like I said, so we each, like I said, we get on, on the scene. We've all, we all got the ultimate goal to get the scene handled and cleared up and everybody out there safely. But like I said, you know, we've each got a, a different focus as to what we do there. How do they keep it kind of separated as far as, you know, you don't step on so-and-so's toes and start doing, doing <laughs> some of their job. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, we have, we have, uh, uh, integrated training that we do from time to time. Um, one of the big things that's really brought a lot more of that about has been, you know, the, uh, the school shootings or mass shootings that's been going on. So we do, you know, we do actual uh, mass shooter training or, or active shooter training together um, where we each learn the individual roles and who does what, who's focused on where, who's in charge of this, who's in charge of that. And um, so that we can, uh, so that way we can get in there and everybody work more fluidly together. Everybody knows what needs to be done, who, you know, so, so that things don't get missed because it's, a, you know, thought that, you know, that's, so, that's somebody else's job. And because, um, you know, that kind of thing happens innocently at time, you know, sometimes on scenes. And so, you know, the training we do helps with that. Uh, the bigger the bigger part of that is probably just knowing by our education you know we're you know like we don't get to do as much integrated training like as we would like but a lot of it's just education and knowing that like you know we are in charge of our the patient that is our focus that's all we care about is is our patient um, we are there for that patient we don't really we don't worry so much about the surroundings and the scene and what's going on around as much as we do that patient um, but the fire department you know, they're in charge in charge of property you know, the vehicles, the house, you know, things like that, uh, where the law enforcement, they are in charge of law enforcement and security. You know, the, so they're, like I said, so we, we know that, that that general rule of who's in charge of what each item, like we've got little things where we deviate from that sum uh, in different situations, but we know that general rule of who's, you know, what the our, each department's main goal is. And so that's where we, uh, we like so we learn that, um, but then there's also a big thing of the uh, scene scene command uh, that has been a big push for uh, several years now, and that we all have to do and um, kind of and it basically uh, breaks down the the roles of who does what a little more. Um, it'd be a lot to get to get into on the show. It's a whole lot of details. Very boring. Some of the most boring training you ever go through. Um, but Please it's, but it's, tell but us it's, more. No, I got you. <laughs> exactly. That's, no, that is exactly right. <laughs> but it's uh, it's very important to know. But it, it's very tough and dry to sit through the training for it. But like I said, but it's it's probably one of the more common trainings that we do because there's so many scenes that we get on where it's multiple departments and it may not even really be a really big scene. It consists of this training scales from something very small and minor that we're not, you know, we might be on scene for 30 minutes or an hour to bigger events. We might be on scene for days. And, um, and saying, and that train, the way the, it's just, so it's, you, you, I'm sure you can imagine how boring that could be, but how also important it could be. And, you know, you mentioned being on scene for days, I guess, you know, you get deployed, you've been deployed out of state and, and other areas other than just your territory, correct? Right. Yeah. So your training, I mean, that's what's so important about this is having this uniform training to be able for you to go into, I guess, another incident commander um, in a whole nother place. And you could just step right in yeah. and all be following the same protocols. Right. Yeah. And, and and it's, you know, because uh, which EMS is is a fairly new, what we've got on about 40 years now. 
um, forty fifty. We're kind of, but it's mm-hmm. that's still pretty new to compare when you compare it to things like law enforcement. It's been around since pretty much the beginning of of America and before um, the fire service, which has been around, I think, since the early eighteen or mid eighteen hundreds. I think it is somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, hun- over a hundred years, and uh, so. We're still all learning how to work together and things like that, but um, this uh, integrated command and the the, um, the scene command is is something that's still being developed a lot, and there's still some areas that are have not even adopted it yet. Um, but it's it's been a national push to make this a more uh, standardized uh, training, and um, that uh, FEMA is actually being pushing and requires of. Uh, most places, I, I'm not sure if it's everywhere yet, but um, I know the FEMA has, is actually the one who mandates that, that scene command training uh, because they, they they enact it. They they really try to stick to that on their scenes uh, very heavily. Where on ours, it's a little more a uh, little more flexible on some of the roles, you know. But uh, it's on the lo- on the smaller scale local type settings. Well, I know the medical profession itself, you know, is rapidly changing. Uh, this, as you said, being such a young uh, profession only 40 years in, in your time and i mean have have you seen a lot of changes um, oh yeah to the profession yeah definitely um well like we were we one of the big things we've been talking about lately is they've been they're pushing now to take our uh, the paramedic level training from a certification um a state certification to make it a um uh, where it requires a degree and uh which is the same thing the nursing went through uh uh, about 20, 30 years ago, um, you know, as it was, you know, nursing's been around for quite a while, but for the longest time, nurses were not as held to as high of a standard in a lot of places, um, especially in, you know, different uh, things outside, like the outside the hospital setting. Um, and they were, they were only required certifications well. They weren't paid very well. It was about 20, 30 years ago, they started requiring that they get, um, they get an, or I think it was an associate's degree they started off with, and then they went to a bachelor's degree. We're kind of in that place, well, we're hitting that same point. Where we, you know, they're they're upping the uh, the training requirements, the edu- you know, the ed- education uh, degree. They're um, and then of course there's constant things in the medical field that is things that we, I guess, the science community is learning about the human body. There's so much that we don't know still um, that we're still learning all the time. There's things that they think they know that all of a sudden they find that oh we've been wrong about that. And so, no yes, idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the train so the training changes on that. And, you know, we were mistaken and. Um, yeah, no, there's there's so many different things, and you can get into the conspiracy theories on government control and manipulation on that stuff versus versus what's just trial and error, you know, you know the human factor in there. Um, there's so many different things to you know you can argue as to what the reason is behind those, but but it's but the the fact is that we you know we can all admit is that it's just there's so many different factors, so many things that are constantly coming into play, and so we're all we're constantly learning, readjusting. Uh, one of the big things. When I first got into EMS, um, we were taught that at pretty much every patient involved in a traffic accident, if they had uh, any potential significant mechanism of injury, um, then you they got a C collar and a backboard, or basically you, you restrained them almost completely to where they couldn't move onto that backboard. Most uncomfortable thing you could think of, just or near about, and especially when you're already injured from something like a car wreck, and then they slap you onto this cold, hard piece of plastic <laughs> and strap you down tight so that you can't move at all and can't breathe, and 
And it's like, and then all so now nowadays, I mean, a lot of the hospitals get mad at you if you come in with a, a patient on a backboard and you don't have a good reason to justify it because they see it as as a potential. It could actually make potentially make a, an injury worse. Yeah, worse. And, yeah. Yeah, and so um, really about the only thing we use them for anymore is actually picking up a patient, and moving them. We very rarely leave them on a backboard. Like I said, I mean that was probably a big thing that's that's changed in the training. I mean, but we used to have things like mass trousers, uh, or, you know, these big pants that you, they put we put on people and pumped them up to. Uh, help push more of the blood up into the upper body and the torso, you know, where all the organs are instead of, instead of as much flowing down to the legs. And we don't use those anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any agencies even carry those on trucks anymore. I mean, it's just, you know, there's so many different things like that where just the mindset has changed. Um, I'm sure that you've probably seen the movies where people gave, give CPR and they do the mouth to mouth. We don't teach that anymore. Now, now, I mean, if, if you don't have a bag to get up there and squeeze, you know, you, they teach, you know, hands-only CPR is a big thing they're teaching now. Mm. It's like, just get in there and do the compressions. Forget the mouth-to-mouth. That's, that's open up for uh, infections and disease uh, transfer yeah. between both ways. Um, and then not to mention the fact that if you blow into somebody's mouth and the air goes into their stomach and all of a sudden they, uh, they, they, they vomit, now you've increased the, the, the problem there. Um, or if you, uh, if you go to blow into them, I mean, what are you, what are you exhaling? Are you exhaling oxygen or are you exhaling uh, carbon dioxide? What are you really doing? Yeah. You know, what, is, what is it that you need to push into that person? It's oxygen. You need, they need fresh air, not your exhaled uh, used up mm-hmm. air. And uh, so – you know, so, like, so, so that's that's a mindset that's changed over the, the old teaching, and uh, but how many movies do you see this where they still do that? Yeah, they still they, do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's ingrained <laughs> it's, in our minds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like we've seen it for so long, but actually in the field, you know, we like I said we, that's a big thing that's changed. We don't just, we don't do that anymore. And um, I mean, when I first got into EMS, we were uh, we were actually carrying these little pocket valves it was actually a, a mat a, like a piece of plastic you laid over somebody's mouth and had a one-way valve so you could blow into their mouth so it was trying to at that point they were recognizing the 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 high risk for disease transfer and um so it was like you know let's cut down on that on that problem to protect our rescuers and uh, but now now we're like you know what just you know forget that altogether we don't need that yeah. i mean <laughs> you know, just like says just such a drastic change in just 10 years time so i mean you think about another 10 years 20 years 30 years how much more is going to change yeah and i think any any profession deals with medicine right. technology i mean it's it's going to be totally yeah. different yeah totally different you said a lot of really good things about being a paramedic why would you steer someone away from being a paramedic though what would be a reason why someone should not do it we are all messed up in the head. That's the reason why we get here. <laughs> now, uh, we, I mean, EMS is very stressful. Um, it's for the amount of physical and mental stress that we go through, there is n- nowhere near, I don't know of any place that, that pays enough for it. Um, when you figure you are having people's lives in your hands, I mean, literally just the smallest mistake um, could cost someone their life. Uh, and that's um, that's that's a lot of stress to have on you, but also a lot of responsibility to put on someone for $15 an hour. When you've got people who are freaking out, wanting $15 an hour to work at McDonald's and or or Burger King or somewhere flipping burgers, and yet they, but yet a lot of uh, paramedics are only making $15 an hour or less in some places. Um, about the average, I think, in this area is is around, uh, uh, I think it's a uh, 16 to $18 an hour. There's a few places that have reached up to 20. But I mean, but that's still really low, especially when you look at a, a paramedic and a nurse have very similar roles, uh, just in different different. You know, they're trained for different situations where uh, a nurse is trained more for a long term palliative care, uh, you know, working under the doctor um, in, in, you know, in a more controlled environment where a paramedic is controlled to be outside in that non-controlled environment and to not have that 
that doctor over them. Um, we, we, were, we were trained for in a more immediate emergency situation and then to turn it over to someone like a nurse and, a, and, a, and the doctor. And but, so, you touched, but, but you also touched on it um, earlier. The, the nurses, they have to go to old specialized school uh, degree yeah. and all that. Um, but you guys don't have to do that. Well, and, yeah. But I think that's why it's important, you know, as your profession changes and evolves. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, bringing stuff like that to the table for paramedics, that's going to increase your pay. Right, um, exactly. That's, that's so kind that, of the you want that to happen eventually. Right. You want it we to. You, you think, man, do. I don't want to have to go to school, but you do. <laughs> you yeah, you want do. to get that pay. Yeah. So I say, well, most most people now, I saw most paramedics for a couple of years now, a lot of have uh, been going through these uh, degree programs instead of the certification program because they've been offering degree programs for years. They just um, it was a requirement, and it was um. So now it's getting to where it's more of a requirement, and it's and that's the whole goal is to try to improve one you know one provide improve that that level of care that we're giving, um, but also to um, also to help to improve our uh, our compensation that we're getting on it because like I said like I said because you know we're the nurses and paramedics we're doing similar roles I mean it's a little bit different but we're doing similar roles but yet you know the paramedic is getting half the pay that a that a nurse is and. Um, and like I said, in a lot of a lot of times, we are in much worse situations and more dangerous environments. Um, uh, not to mention just the you know, the suicide the suicide rate of us. For one, you know, uh, the, I think the the average paramedic um, say will will leave the profession within three to five years of getting into it. Um, the uh, and they and of the of the people who break that three to five years, I think it's like 70% will, will leave the profession within 10 years because the, you know, the, those, I guess the stress and burnout and the lack of compensation that's there is so bad. And so, and that's a, a big part of even why so many agencies, I guess, don't hold up as high of a standard as they should, because they're so, they're so shorthanded that then they get into, you know, um, trying to balance this thing of, of pushing people to do better and be better, be what we want them to be versus, we need people just to stick around, and um, so they're trying to balance that. You know, providing that compensation based off the pay, the return they're getting uh, from insurance and things. Um, and so that, because that's been another big thing. You know, the uh, right now they're talking about the Department of Health and Human Services taking over EMS, where currently it's it's under the Department of Transportation. Right. So as to kind of wind this down here, what would be one thing if you could say oh, one thing to someone thinking about being a paramedic? What would be that? bit of advice you could leave for us one thing um that's really hard to do the i would say that it's i mean it's really hard to say one thing um i could probably give you one short little thing because i think that it's it's really really important to one initially take the time to train learn your stuff read those books that are boring and dry and hard to get through um take the time to actually do that stuff and do it well because that is the, your foundation, and as we know, with, without a good solid foundation, nothing, you know, no house will stand. But the uh, the other side to that is, you know, that house you're talking about standing and that foundation. It really initially is even before is really, or I guess the kind of the ground that that foundation sets on is you. And if you don't take care of yourself, then none of the rest of that's going to matter because you're not you're not going to be able to hold up to the stress and uh, the rest that comes with this. Um, this is a job is very rewarding. It's uh. It's like I said, I, you know, I, I love what I do, um, but it's but uh, it's it can be very hard at times and uh, very stressful. And if you don't um, if you don't take the time to uh, have your own self right, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, then 
then it, it can break you. And I've I've had plenty of friends that have been broken and that have, no longer do this, because, and even some who have decided not to do anything anymore um, because because it just broke them. I mean, people who were happy, healthy beforehand to, you know, initially, and I said just uh, you know, I said something got to them. Yeah, you got to be strong of bo- strong of body and strong of mind as well. That's right. That's right. Well, Nate, you know, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for everything that you do, uh, for all the people you've helped. And man, I, I I wish you well, and I hope you keep right on doing it. Yeah, I I hope I do too. I so I love it, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on the show. Okay, that was a great interview with Nathan Stevens. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you learned some things. I know I did. I want to share with you some of my key takeaways from today. Number one. Training, training, training. You've really got to make sure you learn what you're doing in this because it's a very, very stressful job and things are happening fast paced. You got to be able to pay attention and know what you're doing and more importantly, the why of what you're doing. Your training will really come into play when you need it. So take the time, focus, and learn what you're doing. Number two, this is a very dynamic profession. A lot of things come into play here. It's constantly changing, so you got to stay on your toes if you want to be a paramedic. It's a very physically and mentally stressful job as well. That's number three. So you got to be able to make decisions in a job like this. And lastly, take care of yourself. A lot of things happen here, so you got to have a strong mind and a strong body to be a paramedic. If you want to hang in for the long haul, look after yourself. So thank you so much for listening again. You can learn more about me. Follow the show at carolinainmotionpodcast.com. Also sign up for our online Facebook community there where you can interact with me, ask questions, um, you know, trying to help you get to where you want to go. So if you need me, I'm there. Find the Facebook Carolina in Motion community on Facebook. Lastly, I want to say one other shout-out to our sponsor, Haney Van Bruten and Crawford LLP, my firm, certified public accounting firm. If you're trying to get to the next level or if you're trying to start a business, uh, we can help you grow your business, help provide you with excellent financial reporting and guidance. So check us out, cpasnc.com, Haney Van Bruten and Crawford. Folks, thanks so much, and just keep moving, Carolina.